Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank it's you for that. Stitching, you that got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 129 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, the Sabres entertainment and everything in between and as always part of the built-in buffalo podcast network go follow us on twitter at woody sports 716 and make sure you check out everything built in buffalo is giving you every single day live shows podcasts content galore the best bills content out there at built in buffalo underscore we are your hosts i am matt he is tony tony what's going on oh leonard floyd you're now a bill You'll play the edge, and Vaughn can heal. Oh, Leonard Floyd, hey, 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 hey. let's lead the league in sacks and hurries. Matt, what's up? And hurries. <laughs> yeah. Add that little footnote at the end. Well, because the way Gavin DeGraw does it is like, it's like later, or and it's like later and it's like underspoken. It kind of just like, oh, the yeah. chorus just like devolves and becomes like, da-na-na, da-na-na. Just because more of that, so I had to get, right. I had to, I had to do a little, a little uh, <clears throat> artistic liberty in order Was to. Was that chariot? You know, yeah, of course, of course, of course. What other Kevin DeGraw song would there be? Yeah, I mean, yes, I know. Leonard's Floyd favorite food is chocolate covered cherries, so you had to do it. Is it really? No, wow. I don't know. I made it up. Fun but... tidbit. <laughs> if it is, and I have like... no, I have no oh. idea if that's true, but may I mean maybe chariot itself is about leonard floyd in which case then yes his favorite food would be chocolate covered cherries if you trust the content of the song who doesn't i know i trust I, I everything I gavin DeGrasse says yeah I, I would say i do too he's very trustworthy he's got a trustworthy way about him you know what because tony i don't want to be anything other than me exactly he empowers you exactly. to be you and that makes him trustworthy of course tony an interesting week here in in western new york in case listeners can't hear I'm feeling a little overclumped from all the smoke that's been going on. <laughs> what was the deal with the smoke? It looks like a scene from I Am Legend out there this week. Did you experience the smokiness, the haziness, the fogginess, the smogginess of the Canadian wildfires in your neck of the woods in Rochester there? Uh, I did. Severely worse, according to airnow.gov. Severely worse where I was even than your where you were. now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was. I was checking it obsessively. Yes. There was a point when we were in the maroon. We spent a lot of time in the purple. We it did. was wild. Yeah. Waking up that one morning and like going outside into the smoke. It was it was pretty wild. It was very orange. It was like Tatooine out there. And uh, yeah. I didn't like it. I could. It was Great. a wild inconvenience. The pictures on the Internet were just insane. New York City. Just yes. like that orange haze over the yeah. Yankee Stadium and Mets Stadium and Chase. And it was wild. There, there was a point when I looked up 
in the middle of the day of teaching at my projector and you could see the the light beam coming out of the projector and i'm like oh, yeah. oh it's made its way inside nice. i don't like that <laughs> and uh it was it was a little it was a little rough even inside for a time for a brief time it cleared up after oh. about two or three hours in there but it but outside whoo nothing like it nothing like it outside which i nope. avoided going to yeah i avoided all outside as much as yeah, i could as wasn't well into it. Yeah, you, you had to my my fragile lungs couldn't take it absolutely <laughs> even the other day i was like i can tell there's a difference in the air yes absolutely it'll take a little bit smell, it'll take a little bit of ventilation look. yeah it'll take, it'll take the a feel little, little circulation of, of the air it's the fabric of our lives it um, is Tony, the only air quality I really care about is Josh Allen throwing deep balls on the Ooh. football field come Sundays. But I thought for or Monday nights or Sunday nights, who knows, whenever the Bills play. That's the only air quality I Could care about, those Josh Allen deep passes. But, Tony, I thought because of the apocalyptic events happening in Western New York, I thought for this week's draft season, hashtag draft SZN, we would do the best smokes. It just seems naturally applicable here. Like we do the best smokes, whether it be in movies or player nicknames and sports or anything that involves any kind of smoke. Tony, I will give you the honors this week. Tony, with your number one pick, what is your best version or use or whatever? What is the best smoke for you? So I'm taking this just because I'm afraid you're going to take it. I'm playing the player here. Even though I, I do not believe that the smoke is of first overall value. I, I think I know where you're going, but please continue. I know I have to take it on the defensive here so that you don't get this smoke. <laughs> and that is the smoke monster from Lost. Yep, yep, do it right away. Yep, yep. Had, had, had it to, listed, number one. Had to make, oh, it was Good your defense. number one also. Yep, yep, had to do it. Had to do it. The smoke what? monster from Lost is iconic. What was the smoke monster from Lost? Do we ever just... Determine what it was at a certain point in Lost. I feel like I was led to believe that it was another manifestation of Locke, and then I also okay. feel like it was the man in black. There was the man yeah, in black because it was like the, like the salt, the salt and pepper at the final season. There, it was like Jacob and the man right. in black, yeah, Jacob and the man in black, yeah. So, I think, I think that's what I'm supposed to think it actually was. Was it was a manifestation of the man in black, but maybe sometimes the man in black was Locke. But it was also mechanically an island defense system, right? Was it not? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm recalling. Yeah. Because it had like yeah, electric have... like shocks and lightning when it approached yes. and it made like a mechanical sound. Yes. But it was an intimidating force for sure. My favorite thing referencing the smoke monster from Lost is when uh, Matthew Fox playing uh, Dr. Jack on Lost hosted SNL right. and there was Shepherd. a skit where he was playing himself in an elevator and the SNL players, cast members were playing normal people on, in a workplace and they come into the elevator and they'd be like starstruck by Matthew Fox. And I think it was like Fred Armisen came in and he just like, he looks at Dr. Jack and he's like nightmares and trees. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like the smoke what? monster. I think it's nightmares and trees. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know why that line got me every time. It's getting me right now. Nightmares and trees. I love it. If, Nightmares if you and pick, trees. I'm just like, that is two random things that don't <laughs> yeah. go together and work perfectly <laughs> in this joke. If you could pick one Bills player who could be the smoke monster on the Bills, who would that be? 
So which Bills player is the most nightmares and trees? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm also led to believe I'm like, okay, so the smoke monster is the man in black. Like who who wears a lot of black? I'm gonna Biggs? say no, I was gonna say the smoke monster is Vontae Davis because we're still kind of confused about him. And well, I if, never if that really was the case, the smoke monster was... would leave halfway into the show. <laughs> Which happened. Yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I never really knew what it was supposed to be. And I never really knew what Vontae yeah, Davis was supposed to be either. So that's why I'm saying Vontae, Vontae Davis. Davis is the smoke monster. That's a good one. That is a very good first pick. And that was, of course, uh, because SEMA brain wavelength here. It was going to be my first pick as well. So very good defense by you. Tony, I have to go with for my first pick of the best smokes. Um, I'm between two here. I, I think I feel like I'm playing a little defense too here. Mm. I think I got to go with the smoke from a victory cigar. Ooh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I think I was... that when you when you win that championship, there's so many iconic photos of players winning championships and in the locker room with their victory cigars whether it's Jordan holding the NBA title or Joe Burrow after he won the college championship at LSU. I feel like that victory cigar, it's almost become like a, a part of the championship celebration. I don't remember that as a child, you know, in the early 90s, players having like victory cigars as often as they do now. I, I think it's become like part of sports culture, the victory cigar. So my number one pick, victory cigar. That's a good pick. You're right. Like, I don't remember that that much, but I think it it must have been. I feel like I can picture. Can you picture like Jim Kelly with a cigar in his mouth? I feel like I kind of can. I feel like I can't picture it, but because I know of stories of Bruce and Andre and Jim back in the day, I feel like right. just a cigar kind of just was in the picture just naturally yes. because of their escapades. Right. Yeah, right. See, I think that that's what I mean. Like it was, it would have been small potatoes for them, but I feel like I can picture a cigar in Jim's mouth. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like it is a huge part of, of the victory. It's a scene that I expect to see when there's a championship being won. Right. It's some star player, some superstar athlete with a cigar in his mouth. And then me ultimately frustrated that like, you shouldn't be doing that to your body. You're a superstar athlete. These Tom Brady would never do that. Who overwork their lungs as it is. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, come February of next year, Josh Allen and the boys partake in some victory cigars as well. But even that, like, I'd be um, frustrated by that. Would you? No, you wouldn't. Stop it. If the Bills won the Super Bowl, the thing you would be thinking about is how dare these guys ruin their bodies with these victories. That's the last thing you'd be thinking about. 24 hour rule, man. (laughs) Win or lose, you got to be worried about the next game. I can't. I'm worried about that. I'm not worried about the first one. I'm worried about going back. There is no next game. They won the Super Bowl. Back to back. Next game is on a golf course. I need back to back rings. Oh gosh, this this is ridiculousness. Now, shout out Rob Deerdeck. Tony, where are you going with your number two pick? Uh, well, with my number two pick, I feel like the value is just falling right into my lap. This is a second round pick. This is a good second round pick. This is Smoke Brown. Uh, number sometimes 16 number sometimes many other numbers number yep. one in your hearts we had a lot of great memories with john brown Sometimes a bill sometimes not a bill sometimes yes exactly but for a time like definitely a bill for a time was the number one yeah and absolutely and he, played that and played that role to a plum yeah so, he was excellent 
Yes, he was excellent at that period at that period of time. Excellent. And as we mentioned him and Beasley. Right. And as we mentioned many times towards the end of last season, like belonged, meant to be a bill by the universe to be a part of something magical in last season. So he's truly is there, can be there. Smoke Brown himself. That's who Mm -hmm. I have to take. Someone we all I think hold in high regard. High enough regard anyway. Did we not during the early years of Josh? the heyday of Smoke Brown and Cole Beasley being the one and two for for Josh's weaponry. Did we not use the phrase, you can't get any smoke without burning a little coal? Like, I feel like smoke and coal used like those two terminologies together more. (laughs) I feel like we missed out on that. We as a fan base. I would say that feels about right. Like we didn't do it and we clearly should have. We should have. We should have. But John Brown is, he was extremely important to Josh's development. And you can't discredit that or put that to the side in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I love Smoke Brown when he, when he first got on the Bills. And I feel like, like you always say, Tony, like these players come to Buffalo to become their best selves. And I think, mm-hmm. I think John Brown really became his best self. He had an over thousand yard season and obviously was in the, the organization's good grace is enough to bring them back this past year as well when they needed help. So I think that's a, a very solid second round pick here. It's an excellent second round pick. If you say so, it's your pick. They're gonna <laughs> they are going to look at that pick. That like it was a steal. That's the steal of the draft. Kuiper I don't know. is losing his mind right now. It's the steal of the draft. How did how did he fall? He was the he was the one stuck in the green room too long. Right. Smoke Brown was stuck in the green room too long. That's exactly what I'm yes. saying. You get it. I get it. I get it. I don't know why Todd McShay uh, doesn't get it. Never does. My second round pick, I'm going to go. I feel like this goes hand in hand with a great tailgate. I'm oh, going to go okay. with a meat a meat smoker. That is good. What I like about meat smokers is that anything can be a meat smoker. You can make a desk into a meat smoker. You can make a filing cabinet into a meat smoker. You can make a... Possibilities are endless. Into a meat smoker, it is any container, and you're in good shape, and you got some delicious meats on the way. And then it's like fun, like a fun little expedition of creating the meat smoker, or like creating the meats out of a creative meat smoker. Yes, that is that is a fun little Bill Nye esque experiment. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, meat tastes about five times better when smoked than like cooked on a grill. I feel like you get the flavor because it's been smoked for hours on end and you're not just grilling and whipping it up real quick mm-hmm. but you get the meat falling off the bone it's nice and tender it's you get the rubs and the sauces and every everything else that goes into to smoking some meat i feel like meat in a smoker is the ultimate way to eat the meat ultimate way of yes. all preparations you think smoking is number one absolutely wow okay safely say that i've had regular ribs I've had Chili's baby back ribs. I've also had ribs that have been smoked and in a smoker for sometimes overnight, like 12 plus hours, it feels like. Yeah. And the ribs in a smoker are incredible, far and away better than any other meat preparation option. Hmm. I think I want my baby back, baby back, <laughs> baby back. You're going to challenge Chili's over here I'm in front I of can't everybody. Hate Chili's. I love Chili's. I love Chili's. Oh my Great. gosh. Chili's. When was the last time you went to a Chili's? Last year, probably sometime. Oh, wow. Last year, wow. Big wow from here. Okay. Bottomless chips and salsa. 
great honey mustard. Chili's is Chili's isn't bad. I haven't been to Chili's in at least 15 years. Well, maybe you should revisit it. Maybe give it a try before you maybe I should come to a judgment. (laughs) Speaking of judgment, Sony, your number three pick, third and final, (laughs) third round pick. Where are you going? With my third round pick, I am going to go with, you know, I played defense on the first one. I'm playing a different kind of defense with this one. I want a defenseman who can challenge anybody. I want to bring some grit to my team. I want to bring maybe a little, well, I guess I want to bring a little smoke to my team because you can't handle the smoke. I'm drafting Tomas Verbata himself, smoke from Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. The the forgotten like clone of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. <laughs> I think so. I mean, he's from the Earth Realm. His origin is listed as Earth Realm, Prague, Czech Republic. Okay. Called Czechia. Um, and resides both in the Earth Realm or the Nether Realm. But here's the thing he's a cyborg, too. So he's got that slew of cybernetic weapons. You're going to put that on the defense. You're going to put that on the team. Come on. It's not even fair anymore. No. He's bringing that judo. He's bringing that smoke because he is the smoke. I remember. The Mortal Kombat games, he's always like emitting smoke from him. Like he wasn't made yeah. of smoke. He was like a human who's just like emitting smoke. It was the oddest thing. But then he could teleport and turn invisible because I mean, maybe he is made of smoke. I don't even know. It never, <laughs> never really well, made sense. I mean, smoke can turn invisible, kind of. Kind of, yeah. I guess. There you go. When it evaporates. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or yeah. dissipates, and then it's like, oh, I mean, the first day of the wildfire situation the smoke was invisible you wouldn't have known if you didn't smell if you lost your sense of smell you would have had no idea Eh, i don't know about that because it was like just visually there was like kind of like a haze especially if you looked up in the sky and and the sun was like weirdly like trying to poke through which was like this dome of smoke i I, was just it, it was the oddest feeling smoke from mortal Kombat though was an odd character Speaking of odd, like I mentioned Sub-Zero, I mentioned Scorpion. I feel like the popularity of those two, the Mortal Kombat creators were like, well, let's just keep rolling with this same character model for a green guy and we'll turn him into a reptile. He's going to look exactly like the other two, but he's green. Oh, how about a gray version now or a purple version? He's going to be made of smoke. (laughs) It's just like going same look. Just different powers for some reason. I don't know if there right. was like a uh, well, visually. A, I mean, what do you think there was a sale at the uh, are? Mortal Kombat Ambets <laughs> where everyone had the same <laughs> outfit? I mean, I do like you know, I'm looking at his list of powers. One of his powers is called the Stinky Cloud. Oh, smoke jumps yeah. backwards and a cloud of smoke takes his place. Opponents who come into contact with the cloud are intoxicated, allowing smoke to land and a free hit on them. Something so, like Bill's Tailgate. So what is the stinky cloud? Like nothing about that involves a stench or a, or a smell, but it's called stinky cloud. He also has stinky fingers. Smoke summons a cloud of smoke on top of the opponent to intoxicate them, allowing for a free hit. Maybe he's made of a different kind of a Maybe it is. smoke just stinky. That, that emits from a certain part of your body. <laughs> he's just oh, a yeah. stinky guy. He's a he's stinky guy. A stinky, he's a stinky guy. I mean, he's a reptile. He's a reptile cyborg. That makes smoke and kicks makes ass. Perfect sense. <laughs> it makes yeah. perfect sense. That's what I'm saying. It all uh, adds up. Not a single plot hole in this guy. Nope, never. Uh, Tony, with my third and final pick, I gotta okay. go with this one. I'm gonna go with a good stoner movie. You can't beat oh. a good stoner movie. Yeah. Some of my favorites: Dude, Where's My Car? 
half-baked super troopers stoner movies are hilarious they're they are good really funny (laughs) i just watched um this is the end with seth rogan is that what it's called oh yeah it's like seth rogan jay burchell michael Sarah, daryl from the office that's how you say his name jay burchell burchell is that how you say it i think so i don't know i'll watch goon again okay i think that's how you say it it's a classic undeclared reunion Yes, it was. It was very good. Kenny Powers is in it, of course. Marshall. What's his name? Jason Siegel in it? Jason Siegel. I feel like he was for like a second. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many guest appearances. Like Emma Emma Watson from Harry Potter. Yeah. The entire entire dorm. Very funny. Jonah Hill. It was a very funny movie. Anyway, stoner movies back in the day. I, I just thought they were hilarious. The stupidest crap ever. Like in Dude, Where's My Car? When they get the tattoos. And like, what does yours say? Do what does yours say? It's just the <laughs> dumbest crap when you look back at it. But it's funny. Like, it's just funny. People acting dumb in that without their way wits is funny. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, Cheech and Chong's movies called? Cheech and Chong. Up like in smoke. my mind, it was. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yes. Cheech and Chong up and smoked. Yeah, you're right. I knew yeah. it was like a smoke reference. That's yeah. a classic. I don't know yeah, if I ever watched the whole thing, but I feel like it was, you know, important to the genre. I think so. So mm-hmm. uh, a good you can't you can't beat a good stoner movie. Uh, no, that's a good third round pick. Tony, any uh, any honorable mentions before we move on uh, to a lot of Bill's news? I have. Uh, let's see. So my, I have uh, the phrase popular now, like this smoke or dis smoke. Like you don't want this smoke. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's very popular yep. now. That was with the that kids, was that was cool. Kids. Almost smoke on the water. The song Jimi Hendrix. Yep, could have been drafted. A local establishment here in the Rochester area, Iron Smoke Distillery. Oh, never I heard of that. Put on there if we threw on some. It's it's all right. Okay. I could have <laughs> I could have put on some uh some local flair for that one. Other than that, I was just thinking nice. like if I had to draft a person, Smokey Robinson came to mind. Yep. Who else was in your lineup? The other one I didn't choose was as a sports memorabilia collector as, mm. as I am, and you partake in, and I'm sure a lot of listeners partake in as well. There's something about like old baseball ads for cigarettes that are kind of cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like, agree. If, like the Chesterfield cigarettes, brands that obviously are not around anymore, but like yeah. Stan Musial, Babe Ruth. There's just something like very nostalgic and you could just see like those guys in the dugout just smoking a pack and just being totally fine with it. A hundred percent. I'm glad you brought the that ads, up. Cause... The ads are very cool in a nostalgic like... old school way. The ads are what I am most interested in when I thumb through these old magazines and programs. I think, you know, like we've explored this enough in our time of knowing each other that like that I'm a sucker for an old program that's like 50 years old. I'm looking right now as I sit in my base, I'm looking at like an old Amherst program. I'm looking at the Buffalo Sabres hockey magazine from their inaugural season. I have a Buff State Bengals versus Red Dragons. So who would the Red Dragons be? Corlin, maybe? No idea. China? Um, I have, yeah. Chinese national team? I do. Whenever I look through them, I'm just like fascinated by the old ads that are presented here. Now I got, now I got this Red Dragons thing out here. Buffet Bengals. It's got a Randy Smith on the cover. I'm surprised none of us uh, chose due to the situation this week and the cause of the situation this week being wildfires in Canada. Uh, Mm -hmm. None of us chose Smokey Bear. Oh, yeah. I mean, we need his tutelage and his more than ever now advice now. Yeah. Now more than ever. 
just to yeah. remind us all people who can did prevent not forest fires no only you <laughs> yeah i know only you can obviously those messages didn't get to canada mm. the red dragons are of suny oneonta mm. the okay. oneonta state red dragon i've said this before but like whenever i hear suny about oneonta i just think of that scene from uh 30 rock when Jack Donaghy is facing off against his voice adversary played by Will Arnett. And he's yeah. like, and your child will go to SUNY. And uh, Alec Baldwin's <laughs> like, don't say it. Oneonta. Uh, and like Jack Donaghy just like, just like shudders and like curls up. Like he said the words Oneonta. All right. Um, I love this. 30 thing. Rock, underrated show. Totally. It's funny. We got a lot of smoky fire bills news to get into listeners that's our draft of course we'll uh, put it on twitter as we always do weekly let us know who you like what draft you like the best retweet like uh, but tony what do you say we get in all this bills news because we got a bunch to talk about uh you're ready i'm to not tomorrow? willing to do that i'm not willing to talk any bills news until i wow. hear mark levy's voice no that's only fitting that's only fitting Marv. Take it away. We'll be back after the break. Bills fight, bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Listeners, we have a ton of Bills news to get into. But first, Tony, you got a firsthand interview with Buffalo's hottest celebrity, the groundbreaking dirt. Tell us how the groundbreaking (laughs) went. (laughs) Tell us about your experience Uh, uh, attending the groundbreaking. Gladly, okay. Okay, so so I was invited. I was lucky enough to be invited to the groundbreaking, and the what experience did you end up wearing, started. First of all, who are you wearing? Okay, yeah, this is the thing. Versace, Gucci. Uh, no, I wore gray chinos and a uh, Bill's polo. Very good. Okay. And I one hundred percent regret it. I wish I did. I had tried many outfits done the night before, passed them by the fiance for thoughts and feedback, and the idea was like, you know, I have like this Zuba's button down. It's like not affiliated with the bills. It just looks close enough to Zuba's and it's a button down. And I was considering wearing that. And I'm like, this like isn't bills enough because it just looks it just looks like I'm just wearing like red and blue stripes and a white shirt. And so then I tried putting on like a sport coat over it. That looks pretty good, but still like mm. did not look billsy enough. It just looked it looked like I was going golfing or going to a country club. OK, so then I ultimately decide on the polo shirt. Totally regret it. Not a lot of polo shirts around. A lot of sport coats with tieless things underneath them. Really wish I kind of did that. I think I would have looked pretty good. So then as I'm trying to figure out what to wear with this, I start, I realized after I've left, it's 725 and I'm still in Rochester. Gates open at 8. The ceremony <laughs> starts at 9. I'm like, I'm going to be cutting it close. Matt, mm-hmm. I never went so fast on the 3A in my life. I was really pushing it, really risking my life and the lives of others in wow. because I did not have any confidence that I was going to get there on time. 8.44, I roll in. By the grace of God and a lot of very lucky dips and doodles on the highway and some talented driving skills by myself, if I do say so. In the 8.40s, I roll in. We are greeted by minimal security for a Shocking. an invite that came to... Yeah. For an invite that came to me encrypted, minimal security was there. Uh, I was told to just follow the flags, the person with the flags. As you do that, you drive by the stampede. The stampede is playing a street beat. Uh, to Ugh, welcome I know. Just in the, I saw in the that. Car. Gross. Oh, I kind of liked it. That's the only time I liked no. what the stampede was doing. It added, it added to the experience. Yeah. I follow the flags. I park. 
I think I'm going to follow. I'm following like other people as they walk in. And a woman says, they want you to go that way and walk in on the red carpet. And I go, ooh, red carpet. Okay, I'm into this. Uh, it was a lovely red carpet. You walked in amidst the, like, you know, the smoking buffaloes that the players run in between onto the field. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I gave that them my name. A, that could have been a pick my... for your smoke draft. Oh, damn it. That would have been great. You're right. Uh, the smoking buffaloes for the intros. Yeah, we could do it again. That's an undirected free agent I am forking it over for. So I make it in there with my credentials. I'm like, all right, where do I go? What do I do? Am I supposed to find someone, other people on the board? I don't know. I do a lap through the tent, which is catered very nicely. I, but I'm not going into that yet because I want to like stake out my spot. I go stage right, and that's where all the power players are. I see Terry. He's hugging people. He's talking to uh, his daughter, and he's talking to like Mary Wilson is over there. And then mm-hmm. behind him, I see Brandon Bean is talking to Roger Goodell. Sean McDermott is kind of there in and out of that conversation. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know that I have to move very much at all. At that point, the hand-passed hors d'oeuvres make their way to me. And the and I'm very happy to take some coconut thing that I didn't understand what the waiter said. But that's when I learned this is not Delaware North. Like this is some right. high end, nicer catering things that I don't understand, foods I don't know and can't pronounce. That coconut thing was delicious. I, I get out of there. I end up doing another lap. I find other people on the board and they have a great spot. They're at the table directly behind the center aisle of the seats, which are all assigned, ready for the stage. So. I'm talking to them. Maddie Glab says for everyone to take their seats. And we have our eyes on the people directly in front of us, which is Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas. Wow. They're in row five. My colleague on the board goes, man, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas are in row five. Like who's in row one through four. (laughs) And that's when I look around, I'm like, yeah, like we're surrounded by billions of dollars right now. Like this is probably the highest of society I've ever been in, in this isolated situation. Like, I don't belong here in terms of my place and class in this. Jim Kelly's in row five. Next to him is Thurman. Next to Thurman is Mary Wilson. Next to Mary Wilson is uh, Eddie Rakowski and some other people, I think, from some other alumni that I don't quite know. Mm-hmm. We see the speeches, which I'm sure you saw on the thing. I'm kind of being tussled around by some photographers trying to get some shots. What I was really intrigued by was at a certain point that you didn't see Mark Polencars is sitting there while Terry is talking and he goes for his water. He unscrews the cap. The cap goes flying and lands at Terry's feet. Oh no. And Mark Polencars looks, looks really embarrassed and is like pretending to look around like, Oh, who was that? And then Kathy Hochul whispers something to him and he's like, yeah, I don't know. And then the cap just kind of remained there unknowingly to anyone. But I was awkward on, Yeah, I was hyper-focused on this cap that went flying accidentally. So after the speeches, Maddie Glav says, all right, everyone go to the tent for our reception. The tent, I know, looks amazing. The cake is insane. The cake is like the size of a table and is in the shape of the new stadium, is modeled at the new stadium. It's like an is-this-cake situation. There are little cupcakes that are in Little Bill's dump trucks with steel shovels in the frosting of the cupcakes. There's um, all this other stuff that I... No, no, there's like little, I don't know how to say it, like coins, I guess, like mm-hmm. little like pieces commemorative of coins? Uh, salmon. No, 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 no. Uh, like oh, coin the okay. shape, like a, 
you know, like a roll, like a roll, but of gotcha, yep. pure salmon. And then there's like tzatziki on them. So a lot of the food, I'm like, I'm impressed by this food. Like this is decent. There's also champagne. Ooh, um, classy. But man. I don't go to the tent. I don't go to the tent immediately. Everyone is working their way back, including Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, who is like, everyone wants to talk to them. So it's tough. I'm working my way up. I want to get to the dirt pile. Yes. So I go and start watching the dirt pile. The set, this is after, after like the, those that were on stage do the, do their um, groundbreaking. Then another group goes up and it seems to be Buffalo city council goes up and does their, their groundbreaking and they get their pictures. So I'm like, okay, so it seems like groups are coming up here. So how do I get involved in one of these groups? So I start to go to the side, more closer to the media. And now I'm like, I'm like, a lot of cameras they start saying you're never going to believe like they're all agitated because they're like you're never going to believe this bean and mcdermott both have left as soon as they got off the stage of the groundbreaking they left immediately oh, wow <laughs> so by this time the pagula family is up doing the groundbreaking so i make my way over i'm like all right they're coming up i'm going to try and see what group i can leech onto over there halfway through yeah. i see other people on the board and i'm like did you guys have the same idea I did? And they're like, what's your idea? I'm like, that if I linger around long enough, I'm going to be able to get in there with a shovel. And they go, yes, absolutely. That's what we're doing. Not long after, Matt, the sheriffs went up and did a picture together. Not long after we did it. It was awesome. It was super fun. I put a hard hat on. I had a shovel in my hand. I lifted it. I was like, this is a picture that I will cherish. Uh, Then I went back into the tent, enjoyed champagne and cake and all these weird foods until it closed down. And then on my way out, they gave us all hats. They gave us all Highmark, Highmark Stadium hats. It was a really oh, nice fine. time. It was very exciting. We chatted with Steve Tasker. It was cool. Incredible. Look at you running with the elites. Very, very much. It was very High weird society. Yes, it was very weird to be up with all that. But I had a great time. It was a big, very cool experience. And now I'm kind of like a shill for the stadium. Like, I feel like I can't talk any shit about the stadium at all. Like, now that I give you any, this, like, they give you know? any indication of how big those Buffalo statues would be? <laughs> no, but I'm under the impression from overall experiences talking about the stadium that they're huge. They better be. They better be like monstrous. That feels like the only fitting result here. Like those things are two stories tall. Oh, yeah. I think they have to be very big. Yes. As Especially big as for house. as tall as the stadium is. Yeah, they have to be as big as a house. Yeah, I think that that's only right. Well, that's a cool experience. Something not a lot of people get to say they they did, and you do. Yeah. So very neat. Did they, yeah. So suck it, everyone else. I, I was going to text you because I saw on eBay whether it's real or not. Somebody trying to sell dirt from the groundbreaking. Really, I thought about it. I thought about taking a bowl. I thought about taking a bowl and taking some dirt. Because you could just like take, you know, like the catering bowl that's like whatever cardboard. Right. I really thought about it. I wonder if that person's getting any business. Let's get 200 for it. I'm like, first of all, how do I know this is the actual dirt? Yeah, I don't I'm know just about to get that. any old yeah. dirt. <laughs> this is the dirt that was shoveled by Bill's Brass. Um, no, very cool, though. Um, I'm sure you'll, like I said last week, you'll think back at this moment in 20 years when that stadium's actually built. That's feel that's how long it feels like it's gonna take. So that that's a very cool moment that uh you get to say you did. So congratulations, Tony. Thank you for representing you. the podcast so vigilantly. <laughs> yep, that's what I did. I represented the <laughs> podcast. I was um, telling everybody about it. 
that is bad on you. You should ask like Steve Tasker to come on the podcast. I know, I know. I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind because I'm too starstruck. Even though I've talked to him like a hundred times. I know. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be up on that, Tony. Come on. What are we paying you here for? Ridiculous. No, I'm so unprofessional. It is very it's, unprofessional. It's wild. What do you say we get into some Bills news? Week three of OTAs this week? Or is it week two? Yeah, let's 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 bring it to the football side, away from the business side. Let's bring it to the football side, away from the future side. Let's bring it to the present. Yes. Some big news, some big signings, some big contracts being given out. Uh, some names that are names we know. So they could have been very eligible for our TJ Graham Award at the start of OTAs. But let's talk about, to kick this thing off, the one that surprised, I think, a lot of people, including myself out there. And that's the extension of one Ed Oliver. $68 million, four-year extension. Tony, were you surprised as well? Did not see this one coming. Yes, I was. Like, Nor did I. They, did, they didn't give the money to Tremaine, obviously. You've got a lot of extensions coming up. Ed Oliver was in that pool. You got Gabe Davis. You got a bunch of others coming up. Poyer in two years if you decide to resign him, which I don't think they will. Hyde's coming up. No. Ed Oliver was a little surprising. Obviously, he was playing hurt last year. Obviously, in his four years here as a bill has flashed, and we've seen potential in what he can be. just seems like he's never realized that full potential. So for him to get pretty hefty contract, it was quite surprising, wouldn't you say? Uh, I was very surprised. I had penciled him in pretty hard to be a free agent at the end of this year, and now uh, you know, the Bills have shown that they it's, they don't just believe in him because he's on the team. To, so, you know, like to say that they believe in him, but they they really believe in him. And they give him this deal, which benefits us at least this year in that it opens up a little bit of, a little bit of space for us. I kind of like it. I, I don't have a problem with that, Oliver. Maybe he's not showing like to be, you know, nine overall. He's like, underwhelmed I, a little, but yeah. I, who, who is? Yeah, it's a little bit underwhelming. But I mean, I like that, Oliver. I don't have a problem with it. Overall, I think what we have a problem with is the defensive line sort of, are we getting the return on investment for the defensive line? Debatable, but is that Oliver the biggest problem with that or even a major part of that problem? Maybe not. Yeah. You know, I I think it's decent. And and I think that myself and a lot of us saw a good amount of comparable stats with Ed Oliver and, and some of the other highly paid defensive tackles in in the in the league. So I'm kind of I'm kind of into this. It seems like there's certain position groups that Brandon Bean obviously values and defensive line should be a position group he values and paying good players to maintain the standard that the defense has played up to up until this point. Like you said, has Ed Oliver been a little underwhelming? Yes. Has he performed very well at times? Also, yes. So this is just a a potential play, I think it's it's a guy who has flashed. He can he can be a difference maker. He can be a guy who offenses have to scheme around at points. Can he do it on a more consistent basis? I don't mind investing in that and seeing if that plays out, because if it does and he performs up to what we think his full potential can be, mm-hmm. then that contract looks pretty good. And I think it's going to pay off. Did he look a lot better when Vaughn was uh, on the same line or playing in the same snaps as him? Absolutely. But so did every defensive line. So now it's right to me. It's on Ed. And when you 
look at Ed Oliver's stats and his advanced stats. He was fourth since 2020 among defensive tackles in pressure rate. So on the team or in the ahead league? of in the league. Well, that's good. That's very good. And he's ahead of guys yeah. like Chris Jones, who I think is a much better player than Ed Oliver. It, to me, when I read the stats and the advanced analytics, it feels like Ed Oliver is going to slowly drift into, unless he changes something, he's slowly drifting into that Jerry Hughes kind of bubble of, yeah, he's a really good player. He just doesn't get the sexy stats, but he does make right. a difference out there. I, I, yes, I'm, I'm getting very Jerry Hughes vibes from Ed Oliver now. Well, I hope so. I mean, if we end up drafting someone and they spend their career, you know, being a mainstay of it all, like that would be great. I mean, in many ways, that's what you hope for. Yeah, I think that's what you want. My you question know? to you, yeah. as we look at this contract, as we look at this investment in a player that, I mean, Bill's fans, whether there was the theme of the episode here, smoke to this, but there was talk about him being traded this season, this offseason, because they weren't going to resign him. And can we get an asset or something back for a guy we're not? going to resign or we don't see in the long-term plans here so for this to come out of nowhere this extension that is to come out of nowhere is shocking and my question to you is does brandon bean have a soft spot for guys bringing their kids into the boardroom <laughs> of one bill's try we've seen it with stefan diggs we've seen it now with that oliver we've seen it i think with a couple other players as well them bringing their kids into the office for their contract signing tim settle so i yeah tim settle so i'm thinking these kids were part of the negotiation process as well oh yes these players bring these kids into brandon means office and make him feel bad for not paying daddy what he rightfully deserves or maybe more <laughs> than he rightfully deserves and bean has a little bit of a soft spot for for the youth of america the future well that would make a lot of sense in that uh, maybe they show up they like Oliver Twist style. They're looking kind of dirty. They have a weird nagging cough. Can I have more in their of Terry's box. money, please? <laughs> yeah. So I would say it makes a lot of sense to me. That's a good tactic. It's a tactic maybe I'll use in any future negotiations that I have. Yeah. Even even go, if, if you don't have any kids out there, listeners, go, go hire a kid. Go hire a child actor yeah. for your next job. Yeah, it's a good move. Pay raise negotiation. It's a solid strategy. Yeah. If they could have like a permanent injury, that would probably help you out. Yes, exactly. America's Got Talent sob story <laughs> to them that oh, they yeah. can make up. That, yeah, that's, that's the what golden you want. ticket right there. That's the golden ticket. It that's sure is. Want. Yeah. Uh, so Ed Oliver getting paid. Also a little surprising to me because I was under the impression and I kind of liked this strategy, as we know, as listeners probably know, before the Ed Oliver extension, no defensive tackle was signed beyond this season. So I kind of liked this idea of Lord of the Flies, survival of the fittest, cream rising to the top. All these guys just playing for their next contract and usually players in contract years because they want to get paid usually ball out, play some of their best football they play, a la Tremaine Edmonds last year, right? and then get the money. I thought that was kind of the strategy he, Bean was going with, of like, hey, five defensive tackles out there, you guys don't have contracts beyond here, whether it's with the Bills, 
or any other team, you are playing for your next contract. You want to get paid. You need to show us you can ball out. I kind of like that idea. And now this throws a whole wrench into that for me. That's why I wasn't like. A, yeah, I was looking forward a to a big s- fan of it. I was looking forward to seeing if Ed Oliver was going to be like the best version of himself this season, knowing that the contract is on the line. Now I'm kind of curious how it's going to all shake out. Now I don't know that will we ever see him. I mean, I hope so. If we get, but we'll never really know. I mean, if we get the championship or get at least further than we've ever gone, then maybe we'll know. Maybe with the likes of who I'm sure we'll talk about, Leonard Floyd and Orvan next to him, then we'll see a different Ed Oliver. What I'm really looking forward to seeing is will we see a different Ed Oliver because Sean McDermott is running the show now. And we know that Sean McDermott is a lot more aggressive than Leslie is. You know, it makes me kind of curious, like, was that Oliver a Sean McDermott pick for his vision of the defense and then never really fully utilized in Leslie Frazier style? And now we'll see him utilized like as Sean McDermott always envisioned now that he's running the show. That's what I'm going to be kind of looking for as the season uh, unfolds. It's a very fair question. It'll be interesting to see how Sean McDermott utilizes these guys, especially because there you're right. There are so many questions uh-huh. because typically there's been a rotation on that defensive line, whether it's defensive edge or defensive tackle. Was that Leslie's rotation? Was that Sean's mentality right. in terms of how to divvy up snap counts? Like, are we just going to see a whole different kind of scheme structure approach to this defensive line? Is it going to be at Oliver? You're hot. Go play 80% of the snaps instead of the 55 to 60% these guys typically get. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions going in. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a big one going into training camp is how is this defense going to look different under Sean McDermott and adding pieces like Puna Ford, like the next guy we're going to talk about in Leonard Floyd. How does he strategize with these different chess pieces? So let's talk about now, unless there's anything else you want to talk about at Oliver, can we move to no. their newest addition, Leonard Floyd? Yes, we do. Leonard Floyd coming over from the Rams, signs the Bills, one-year deal. Uh, a lot of a lot of guaranteed money. <laughs> Base salary only like 1.4-ish, I think. Signing bonus like over $5 million, guaranteed money over $5 million. Um, I really like this sign. I've always liked Leonard Floyd when he was on the Bears. The Rams, I liked him coming out of college. I have liked Leonard Floyd for a long time. I am very happy with this signing. I think this is an immediate upgrade over guys like AJ Epinesa, guys like Boogie Basham. I think he, with Vaughn's injury, immediately becomes your second best pass rusher. Shaq Lawson, I can throw into that group as well of guys he's better than. The length is, is very intriguing. The numbers are intriguing as well when you look at his past three years with the Rams having over nine sacks each of those past three seasons. Now, I do throw caution to the wind because with listeners and Bills fans, because I don't know if you're aware, Tony, you might be aware. Listeners, you might be aware, you may not. But there was another former defensive end that came to the Bills with three nine sack plus seasons under his belt prior to coming to the Bills. And that was Mario Addison, and that didn't really work out mm-hmm. too well. Uh, he was mm-hmm. okay. We didn't get the consistency from Addison in his tenure with the Bills that he showed with the Panthers. So it gives me a little hesitancy. 
to say Leonard Floyd is going to come in and get 10, 9, 10 sacks like he did with the Rams. But I like this piece. I like it that he's a versatile piece again. We know McDermott loves his versatility with guys playing different positions, going along with this Swiss Army knife style. I feel like a defense they might play here, but on certain downs, he can put his hand in the dirt and play a traditional edge. He can move back to linebacker with his length and play coverage. You know, this is Rex Ryan's dream of dropping defensive ends into <laughs> coverage and and then performing. So, uh, Rex, if, if you're out there, you did it, buddy. You finally got your way all these years it later. Is, yes, the Rex um, effect. The Rex effect is in full effect. Again, I think it's a media upgrade. What, what are your thoughts about Leonard Floyd coming to the Bills? Go, really good signing. I like what my where my head's at about it is the Eagles. Is this a copycat league? Is this the Eagle strategy of sign every pass rusher that they can find and get their hands on, have a constant rotation of that, have fresh legs out there, and then all of a sudden lead the league in sacks? Because that worked out really well for the Eagles. So now we're living in a world where Leonard Floyd and Von Miller and Brute and who knows who else, uh, depending on who we keep and don't keep and get rid of and trade away, comes in and we're always just going to have this weird, crazy lineup of pass rushers that uh, will always be fresh and ready to go and will just wreak havoc. That's what I hope it turns out into because, I mean, I saw how that worked out for for the Eagles and it was awesome. So that's kind of where I'm hoping slash wondering slash we'll see and curious about, I guess. But I'm also curious about we we have a surplus here. Like, are we trading people away now or what? That that's a that's a great question, and we'll get into that in a couple mm-hmm. minutes because I think it's a it's a viable question now with these new additions and a couple additional additions as well. Here, I thought you were gonna say when you said, "Is this a, like an Eagles thing?" I thought you were gonna go with because Leonard Floyd is from Georgia, and the Eagles only draft defensive players from Georgia. It's like, oh, is this an oh. Eagles thing of getting all the defensive players from Georgia? We can. Obviously, I mean, that also worked out well for them. So. It did. It worked out very well for them. Yeah. Uh, got him to a Super Bowl. They drafted, I think, two more this year. And if Georgia has a stout defense, one of the best ever in college football, why not take that pass? So uh, Leonard Floyd went to Georgia, of course, drafted by the Bears in 2016. Didn't really show out for the Bears as many hope being a, a first round pick, but really came into his own It's when he joined the Rams. And like I said, he played outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's played traditional linebacker in a 4-3. He's also played just at traditional edge in a 4-3. So he he can be moved around. And now you add Leonard Floyd. You got guys like Taylor Rapp, who is kind of this hybrid, can play safety, can also drop in the box and be a, a you know a bigger slot or a, maybe a second or third linebacker in this package. You got these just moving pieces that I kind of, uh, again, I'm intrigued to see what McDermott does, but I kind of like it in a sense of opposing offenses and opposing offensive coordinators, not really knowing what we're going to throw at them at any time and point. You can move at Oliver to the outside on the edge in some packages and have a, a defensive line of like Vaughn, Puna Ford, Daquan Jones at Oliver on the outside. So I'm curious to see how McDermott's going to use all of these pieces uh the only other thing i want to mention with leonard floyd was did von finally get one right did oh and finally come through yeah i was wondering about that too because they're reading a lot of rams now all of a sudden there aren't a lot of rams a lot we of rams. rams we got floyd von we got von we got von 
Oh, excuse me. I catch my breath here. Okay. It's, smoke. it's a smoke. It's the smoke. I can't breathe. Bond, future GM, apparently, in this league, uh, finally comes well, through. I won't. We didn't have to do the show. I won't believe yet. in his skills. I will not believe in his skills until DeAndre Hopkins is puts up 10 sacks. Oh, I thought he's. Yeah, that's it. going to say until one of these guys performs. But Leonard Floyd in his first interview said, you know, the reason he came to the Bills was I'm talking to Vaughn and he wants to win a Super Bowl, obviously. And obviously didn't see that with the Rams and their situation, which is very understandable. So based on those words, you would think throwing it back to Hopkins, who also said he wants to go somewhere where he can win, although his words don't match his actions because he's visiting Tennessee and New England right. this week. I mean, the more we go down this D Hopkins road here, it's more JJ Watt than Leonard Floyd. Like, oh, you want to go somewhere where you can win a Super Bowl? Buffalo is a great place to do that because we have a really good team and consistently have a good team. But JJ Watt also said those things and went to Arizona for whatever reason. So the Hopkins situation is looking more JJ Watt, less Leonard Floyd by the day. But Vaughn comes through. I, I think his recruitment has brought some good players, whether we can attribute rap signing to Vaughn. I think we can definitely attribute Floyd signing to some Vaughn influence here. So um, for sure, you know, it's baby steps. It's baby steps with Vaughn's GMing. He's he's one for 13 now (laughs) and things he says that actually come to fruition. But that that's that's not a goose egg. I'll take that. I mean, that's probably about as good as we used to do in you know, the mid two thousands. So yeah. Like the Jerron era and yeah. The the Marv Bean GM era. Oh my gosh. Yes, of course. Yes, those are those are rough times. Those are rough times indeed. Couple other signings as well. The Bill signed cornerback Ham Dantzler from technically the commanders where he was for about mm, two months, but most notably from the Vikings being I think a third round pick couple years ago some good pff grades always in the low 70s hmm. solid player maybe never realizing his potential but again another depth piece at cornerback here who has starting ability that you can add into the mix now we can look at this two ways we can look at it from that perspective of just adding depth and iron sharpens iron and training camp body and in that regard or we can look at it like I'm looking at it as what is wrong with Kyrie? <laughs> why don't they like Kyrie? Or why doesn't it seem like they like Kyrie? Elam? And if they don't like him, why did they trade up to get him in the first round? They, it feels like I, everything that comes out, whether it's signings or interviews with position coaches or being like, I have not heard Kyrie Elam's name mentioned once. I've heard Dane Jackson. I've heard Christian Penford. I've now heard about the signing of Cam Dantzler. All I've heard about Kyrie Elam is he took some lumps last year and is still learning. Like, they don't want to say anything positive about Kyrie Elam, it seems like. So what's going on, Tony? I wish I knew. Um, I don't think that that's the the vibe I'm getting. I definitely think that this is a camp competition situation, and I am not betting on Cam Dantzler to make the team. But no, I don't think so either. No, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's an indictment on Kyrie Elam. I think it's just increasing the level of competition in camp and 
increasing the standard that everyone is going to be held to there by doing that. I think I like Cam Dantzler. I feel like when I heard the name, I'm like, yes, I believe like I always had a positive impression of this person, but I still don't think that this person will make the team. I think there's a fun game we can we can start to play in the offseason now with these signings of like actually like him or like him because he's a name. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like at some point he was drafted and I was maybe thought he was pretty good at that point. Remember looking at him through the draft process and being like, yeah, he's pretty good. And I think he was like, if I remember correctly, one of those guys that fell a little farther than most expected. He had a first round like grade on him and he fell into the third round, I believe. But I don't know. I, I just if I find it hard to believe that they're not just giving the reins over to Kyrie Elam because all the signs point to they should, right? I think it's his job to lose. I just don't know why they don't speak highly of him from a public PR standpoint. Because if you look at the investment they made in him in terms of trading up in the first round to get Kyrie Elam, you look at his play towards the end of the year, last year, which when Benford got hurt, was was very good and very solid, culminating in an interception in the first round against the Dolphins. I thought he was he was very good when he did get in. So mm-hmm. why aren't they giving him the reins as as they should? Or why aren't they even at the bare minimum speaking highly of him like they speak highly of Christian Benford and his work ethic and uh, in the offseason putting in work or Dane Jackson and how they speak of his toughness and his smarts and give me some like this guy through the draft process had literally like an encyclopedia of notes taken about opposing receivers and what they did and how he can improve and game notes and that guy if he has the natural ability as a football player and the mental acuity to take notes every game and study those notes and I'm sure study game film and that combination of things tells me he should be the starting quarterback and it might turn out that way in the end he might just have the job and never lose it but the way they talk about him I don't think they have confidence in him and I don't know why I don't necessarily get that vibe I think it the job is his to lose I think that in the first bits like all I've heard is that Kyrie Lim's getting is getting the reps I think if memory serves so I don't know. I, I think that there's a long off season. We're going to see how it plays out. And the best person will be in there. It, you know, winning solves all. I don't have to microanalyze the role that Kyrie Lin as a specific player is playing. He was a first round pick. He's a contributor on the team. I'm sure it'll work out. And if it doesn't, they'll make the right move. It just seems like it's either you got to at some point see if he sinks or swims and it feels like year two yeah. for a first round pick is that year <laughs> like so that's another I would thing agree i'll with be that. watching i would agree with that but i don't think camp. cam dancer is i don't think cam dancer is a challenger to that no no i don't either i think it's a much like the dane jackson resigning uh, just a a guy with starting experience who he's an insurance policy essentially um in case you know option a hopefully elam option b Benford, ha, 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 more power. Option ha, ha. C, Trey White, staying healthy. Like all these things we have insurance policies for and backups for. So yeah. like, I don't mind that approach at all. No, nor do I. This is why I'm not worried about it. Like we do this all the time. Yeah. And I don't, exactly. and I don't, I don't think that like, I don't know, we're, we're really focusing on a Kyer Elam here. And I don't even know if this is a Kyer Elam situation at all. 
I think, you know, he's just one of the corners that is on the list above Cam Dantzler. Yeah. I mean, that's feels like the way to approach it. I don't want him to yeah. be one of the, I want him to be the corner uh, opposite Trey. Wood. Maybe he so, will be. And, and he probably will be. We'll see. I'm training camp in preseason and going into his year two here, how, how it plays out. But the final signing this week, Tony, moving on another Brandon Bean trope uh, loves yeah. taking mediocre offensive linemen from division rivals, Brian Winter, Greg Van Routen, and the newest addition to that dinner table. Brandon Shell, offensive tackle from the Miami Dolphins, signs with the Bills on a one-year deal. I'm not going to talk a lot about this. I think it's a training camp body. I think it's a, a person who has starting experience who can set a little fire under Spencer Brown. I don't expect anything. I don't expect him to push for a starting spot. I don't expect him to even make the team. I think he's a veteran practice squad guy uh, if they decide to keep him. So I don't really want, have much to say. Just seems like another guy who's a name who Bills fans are like, oh, okay, he's a name and never really pans out to be more than he actually is. That's what I think too. I think he's practice squad, veteran spot. A little bit of versatility, a little bit of an insurance to have on the team, a veteran presence. Nothing more than that. This is a, I don't know who's someone from last year. I, I want to say Greg Van Rotten, but I don't think that that's a fair comparison. And it's not Greg Mance because Greg Mance is still on the team. I know. Shocking. I know. Will Greg you know Mance like still a, be on you the know team? Workplaces, know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to say, you know, workplaces have like 96 days since last incident or something like warehouses. Oh, yeah. I yes. feel like we need a, a countdown of like 52 days. Greg Mance is still on the team. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like shockingly, Greg Mance is still on this team. I think we need one of those kind of counters. We'll have to I always it. forget about him, too. Uh, he's very forgettable. He's Greg Mance. He's Greg Mance. Yeah. He's the most Greg Mance looking guy a Greg Mance could be. That's true. <laughs> so not a lot to say about Brandon Shell, But with these signings, with these new additions, Tony, as we wrap up the episode here, you mentioned it a little bit ago, but it's like there's this kind of depth log jam now on this roster of these fringe bubble, however you want to describe them, guys who have experience in this league, possibly starting experience, who are brought in on one-year contracts to try to make the team compete for a spot. And we've seen this every single year now, except I believe 2020 of Brandon Bean making a August trade of one of these veterans getting draft capital, trading Russell Bodine, Lee Smith, just these guys who are, are veterans who have some marketplace value out there. Brandon Bean typically likes to make one or two of these trades a year. So with these depth pieces, I thought, who are your top two candidates for Bean Bean's trade piece this season? Tony, I'll kick it off. As we talk about Leonard Floyd joining the team, I think a very strong trade candidate this year is Boogie Basham. I know you're a Boogie lover. I know you like to visit Boogie Wonderland. I know you like to put a little Boogie in your Kleenex. I know you're a Boogie guy. But mm. this, with the addition of Leonard Floyd, I, I don't know if there's a spot for Boogie Basham on this team. And I could see a trade for a sixth, seventh round pick come August. Matt, that was also going to be who I said. I think that the number one candidate for trade is Boogie Basham. And I think there's no way around it. I fully support a trade of Boogie Basham. 
for whatever we can get. It's the only thing that makes sense. There's just no room for him at this end. I was going to say AJ Epinesa because this is his last Well, that's year. my number two. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you went both defensive ends as trade candidates, which makes sense because there's six and possibly seven if you believe in Kingsley Jonathan like we believe in Kingsley, mm-hmm. who showed pretty well last year in his limited snaps with the Bills towards the end of the year. So like seven NFL-worthy defensive edges on this team. It just seems like I was going to go with AJ Epinesa because it's his final year. doesn't seem like they're working towards a contract. There hasn't even been in the rumor mill talks of an extension or a new contract for AJ Epinesa. But I think AJ Epinesa is a guy who you can bring back on a on a bridge deal, if you will, a two year deal after this final season on the cheap. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who shows out enough where other teams are like, man, I see a lot of potential in that guy. We're going to overpay. And hopefully he realizes that I think he's going to be a six to eight sack guy at his best a year. Mm -hmm. And most likely He's just destined to be a solid rotational player who you can probably get on the cheap and keep extending just as long as he stays solid, you know, kind of a little bit better than a Ryan Denny or Chris Kelsey. So I I think there's a place for AJ Epinesa in the future on these short term, just solid rotational guy deals. Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying that Boogie Basham is going to be better than that going to command more money than that because i don't think he is i don't think he's very good so if we were to trade one of those two guys boogie would be my choice because let's just get something for him now i don't even think he can be a good rotational piece i just haven't seen anything of it anything from him in these two years to to make me think like he can be an impactful nfl player on, on a consistent basis so i think he i think he's a good trade candidate for that reason i think so too i think in terms of where everybody else possibly stands, like you kind of alluded to it, Boogie just seems like the natural odd man out. And he has been the natural odd man out. I mean, he's been healthy scratched multiple times. Even if we didn't sign Leonard Floyd, it almost seems like trading Boogie made sense. Yeah, only two, two and a half sacks uh, each of his first two years. AJ Epines actually shockingly had six and a half sacks last year. A very quiet wow. six and okay. a half sacks, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprising when I when I looked up the stats. So like I said, I think I think there's a place for AJ Epinesa as he continues to evolve here. And he's on that yo-yo diet of like gaining 20 pounds, losing 20 pounds. And so right. I think he's just trying to trying to find his way, which which is fine for a rotational piece. So uh my second choice, just because I don't value this position, much like our friend Bruce Nolan doesn't. I'm going to say Naheem Hines. Okay, this makes sense I know to he's me. Your, uh-huh. I know he's your primary special teams, kick returner, punt returner. I mean, how many guys have we tried there? We tried Stevenson, who was not fast, as we all know. Right. We tried Shakir. Like, we even put Hyde back there, who was fine. We had we had Andre Robert. Like, if, if Naheem Hines isn't going to be a part of the offense, I think you can find anybody to do punt returns, do kick returns, especially with the new rules now of like fair catches just automatically go to the 25. Right. I think they're just trying to eliminate kickoffs more and more and punt returns more and more. If he's not going to be part of the offense, what what is he going to do? And on the other side of that is I feel like running backs that can be part of the offense, you can find anywhere. Look at Blackshear last year, 
who went to Carolina and actually had a couple good games for them when he got in. Duke Johnson in the preseason came in and and showed out. There's another guy who could probably bring in off the street and and do punt returns and kick returns. So I just think if Hines is going to be part of the offense, then is is he really worth taking up a roster spot for? That's my two cents about it. And Sherfield could probably be another guy who who can play that role as well, being a returner. So and he Hines was my second candidate. There's plenty of running backs available too. If you trade Naheem Hines, you could grab and you like just carry one less running back. It's going to be easy, I think, to find and pick up a running back who's a veteran enough, who's seasoned enough just to be able to jump in pretty, pretty easily. Or we could just reunite the Cook brothers. <laughs> well, that's the big rumor out there. I don't know how viable of a rumor that is, but Dalvin Cook, of course. Yeah, I don't really think that's anything. I'm really not week. thinking that's realistic, but I don't think it's realistic. Cool brothers. I would. I would yeah. love to just have a team full of brothers. Like, get the Ferguson brothers. Have two long snappers. Who cares? Just give me yes. all the brothers. Get the Diggs brothers. Yeah. The Cook that brothers. Would, I would love it if the Diggs brothers would go. We already got the two Allen boys. That's right. Yes. The Allen boys. Uh-huh. Brothers by another mother. I, I would love that. Yeah. Give me give me all. Give me a team full of brothers. Brothers for brothers. Brothers Tony, for any brothers. Other news, That's right, brother. Any other, any other news and notes about the Bills? you want to talk about or that been on your mind this week uh you know i don't think so i'm just curious to see how this roster is going to shake out since we have such a surplus in so many positions and also such a deficit in other positions i'm almost curious to think if these trades that we're sort of uh pontificating about is is anything going to be player for player like that's what i would really want because you know we still have some positions that I'm like, eh, I kind of wish there was another another boost of talent in there. Um, so we'll just, I don't know, we'll kind of see how it how it all plays out and shakes out. I will say I think that this roster is a lot better than I thought it was going to be, yeah. at least on paper. I was gonna, that's a good point. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's a great point. We've, we've been down this road before. I'm like, wow, Beans had a great offseason. Yeah. And then we look back at it a year after and be like, eh, it didn't really pan out as good as we hoped it would. But Right. I think he's made very calculated. I think he's made very smart moves this offseason. I think he's added, yes, we have some deficiencies at linebacker, for example, which he's banking on youth prevailing there and Bernard and Williams and guys like that. Mm -hmm. But I think he's added in a lot of important positions, like bringing in a Puna Ford, bringing in Leonard Floyd on the defensive edge. Those guys will help the run defense, which has been consistently poor for the past couple of seasons under Frazier. So I think his mentality is it's the old adage of winning the trenches with these new additions. And hopefully that's a domino effect of now with a Puna for now with the Daquan Jones in the second year, now with Ed Oliver, with a new motivation of a new contract, like this defensive line is going to be a problem for opposing offensive lines, which is going to free up the linebackers, where maybe we don't have the talent we did last year to have a quote unquote easier job of executing. So, right. Like I said, this training camp is going to be, I think this is probably going into this is the most intriguing training camp that we've had under the Bean McDermott era. If you think, I, the think same, that's fair I, I feel say. that way. I, there's, there's so many questions around the defense with McDermott taking, you know, taking the, the leadership role or, or taking the defense coordinator role now under under his 
guidance, whatever his coaching and with these new additions, seeing how they're utilized with Taylor Rapp, with a healthy Micah Hyde, with a healthy, fully healthy Trey White, with Leonard Floyd, like Bernard Williams, like there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of question marks. And then on the offensive side too, is as this offensive line improved is an addition by subtraction with losing Saffold. Does that immediately make everyone a little bit better and they don't have to account yeah. for his extremely poor play? These new weapons, a guy like Deontay Hardy Harris, is he going to realize his potential or what they think his potential could be as a, a yak monster, if you will? Dawson Kincaid, how is he going to be utilized? There's a lot of notes out there that Josh and Kincaid are working very close, you know, Josh throwing him a lot of balls, getting him in the offense early, getting him acclimated to Josh's style and the offensive style. So how is Kincaid going to be a weapon? And all these questions. And I, like I said, I think this is going to be one of the more intriguing training camps uh, we've had under this regime. So I'm excited. And I mean, we're about, what, a little over a month away now from training camp kicking off? Yeah, I mean, same. That's 100% how I feel. Like, to, get, try, to finally get some insight on what the new regimes will look like, like where a lot of these new players fit in, what the new offense is going to look like if it's the, you know, 11 and a half personnel. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot to look for, a lot to look for in these in the early days of training camp. Yeah, very, very intriguing. A lot of questions. Uh, Tony, with those questions out there, we'll answer them in the coming weeks, I'm sure. But let's wrap up this episode. What do you say? Let's do it. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you to, of course, our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local. It makes you feel good when you when you buy local and support local vendors like Traveling Growler. So check out the website, www.travelinggrowler. Get a product today. T-shirt store, podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Check out all the designs. We're always adding to it. But check out all the cool designs currently in the store. Support the podcast. Support us. Get a t-shirt, crew neck, sweatshirt, hoodie, tank we got everything in all colors and all sizes all original designs all very cool check it out search on the google teespring.com witty not funny hit enter or hit search for the first result support the pod today where you can listen to the podcast anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify on the built-in buffalo podcast network go check out us go check out all the shows Built in Buffalo is giving you, once again, the best Bills content out there at Built in Buffalo underscore Spotify, iTunes, search Witty Not Funny, search Built in Buffalo. You'll find us dropping every Sunday, except when there's technical difficulties, but typically every Sunday. <laughs> Give us a review, like, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook as well, where you can find the podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Witty Sports <laughs> 716. We love following back. We love connecting with the Bills and Sabres fans out there. So, Hit us a follow at Woody Sports 716. Uh, Tony, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? On Twitter, you would go to at Tony Ambrose. Ah, very straightforward, very easy. Make sure you give mm-hmm. Tony a follow, especially with training camp coming up. Hashtag Tony Tweets Camp back in full effect this year. So make sure you That's give right. Tony a follow. 
So you can get all the latest and greatest from training camp, see who's doing their stretches correctly or who's not and who's going to be on Tony's crap list come uh, come stretch season here in July. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's right. all I have, Tony. Other than uh, send off for the listeners, what do you got? Ooh, well, the Amherst didn't pan no, out. They didn't come through. No, good the season. The Bandits though. did. Yeah, the year of Buffalo. And I feel like we're out of sports. So I'm going to say... Congratulations, bandits. Congratulations, bandit land. We're out of sports and we're out of sorts a little bit here. Yeah. In the offseason. It's that it's that uh those dark days and not because of the smoke creating a mask over the sun that does not allow it to shine through. Because there's only really like baseball as the NBA finals and NHL finals wrap up here. You know, until until NFL kicks off. We we just got baseball, which is yeah, it's something. Anyway, (laughs) as we always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. Swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.